what makes them curious, what makes them want to do all this. They, they don't think of themselves as old. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios of Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. Summertime has always meant two things to me. No school and timeless rituals. Perhaps you've escaped somewhere, maybe someplace that's been a part of your summer for years. Someplace maybe with its own soundscape. I head to the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York each year. Various parts of my family have been hanging out in that wilderness for generations. Those generations come and go, but the sounds stay pretty much the same. It's so quiet, you can hear the breeze in the trees and the water lapping against the rocks on the lakeshore, or as the rain pelts through the foliage and onto the tents above us. Kids' voices carry through the woods. There's always something cooking in the kitchen and someone working on a project somewhere. The outhouse door rattles in a very predictable way, and the bell calls us to meals three times a day. Those sounds have defined summer in my family for six generations. There are particular, peculiar soundscape. What are the sounds of your summer? School may be out, but summer has always seemed like an especially ripe time for curiosity, for choosing to be curious, for following one's own interests and pursuing one's passions. In some ways, Summer's like a dress rehearsal for later in life when we're left to our own educational devices. No more teachers directing our learning, no more prescribed curriculum, when we depend on our own chops as lifelong learners to keep things interesting. We've talked before about curiosity in early childhood and in adolescence, and today, Marjorie Varner, Executive Director of Encore Learning, is joining me to talk about choosing to be curious as we get older. This is a non-commercial community radio, so I'm not here to sell her program. But I can tell you Encore is on to something. Numerous studies point to the salutary effects of curiosity on aging. One recent study suggested that curiosity in older people is associated with maintaining the health of our aging central nervous system. And work by David Cutler and Adriana Laris Mooney suggests that a year of formal education can add more than a half a year to your lifespan. I think it's pretty impressive. So lifelong learning is good for your health. And if that isn't enough, another study suggests that stimulating curiosity, which means stimulating the hippocampus, can maybe help stimulate memory. So much so, the researchers are calling for further investigation to see if curiosity might serve as a way to stem Alzheimer's. All of which makes me feel like we're definitely on to something here with Choose to be Curious. Check out our links on Facebook to all this research, as well as a website for Encore Learning, a nonprofit organization founded in 2002 that offers high-quality academic courses, wide-ranging special events, specialty clubs, and enjoyable social activities for anyone over 50 in the metropolitan area. My guest today is Marjorie Varner, Encore's executive director. Welcome. Thank you, Lynn. It's really a pleasure to have you here. So tell us more about Encore. 
Well, number one, we always say encore learning. Ah, okay. We have to be careful. Ah, thank and you. And having come from a name that was Arlington Learning and Retirement Institute, we thought people could handle two words. <laughs> All right. I Now I know. Thank yes, you. Yes, you're thank welcome. You. So tell us, um, you know, how it got started. What's your goal? It started in probably early 2001 by a group of people who were very interested in taking courses, and they were taking courses, but they had to go to American University's Mm. Lifelong Learning Institute or out to Fairfax at Mason's um, home campus Lifelong Learning Institute. And they thought that Arlington had enough going for it that Uh they could start their own. So they did. Cool. And they got together, got incorporated, and offered their first courses in the spring of 2003. Huh. And what were those courses? What did they start with, you know? They started with academic courses, but there were a few other things, like how to be a better grandparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that whole curriculum got honed over the next year as mm-hmm. we grew our affiliation agreements. Um, we try not to step on the toes of our partners. Mm-hmm. So with Arlington Public Schools, um, now called Community Education, was adult ed back then, right, um, right? offering so many wide-ranging courses on how to do things, how to speak French, how to do your taxes, how to learn about this new thing called the internet. Mm. Um, we shied away from teaching that style of course. And on the other hand, we had George Mason University offering a plethora of uh, areas of study, but for credit. Mm-hmm. And we don't give credit. We are just Really le- going back to school for fun. It's learning no for learning's sake. Exactly. Yeah. No papers, no exams, no credit, right. just having fun. But it didn't stop us from being serious about what we were learning about. <laughs> so learning for learning's sake without all the papers and tests that I think probably scared some people off from what they thought of as learning, if maybe it was just school. What is it that you think attracts people? I mean, why do people come to Encore Learning? Well, it is that they do come to us. Mm -hmm. We are not a virtual school. Mm. All our classes take place in classrooms, except for one that actually tours around there. We have an Arlington history course that moves from site to site each week. But all our other courses are in a classroom, um, lecture or discussion, Mm -hmm. but they're led by an instructor. And uh, the instructor usually has his his or her, excuse me, uh, bona fides for teaching, whether they are teaching in their own area or their avocation. So it's a structured learning environment, and people come every week. The class is 90 minutes or two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, They're in a classroom with the same group of people every week. Everyone in that classroom is there because they want to be there. Right, right. So there is that burning desire to learn something about this and learn in a group Mm -hmm. session, which is also found to be very important, that social interaction. Right. So this is for folks who are over 50. So that's I'm in that camp. I'm in that camp, too. (laughs) Well, I would think, you know, not only do you have an amazing pool of people from whom to draw your instructors, your Mm -hmm. teachers, but the the classes themselves must be full of people with extraordinary stories to tell and backgrounds and just a wealth of experience to kind of bring to the discussion. It must be really rich. It is, and that's one of the reasons our instructors love teaching for mm-hmm. us. Now, they mm-hmm. aren't paid. They're mm-hmm. all doing this pro bono. but That says uh, something right there. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are so appreciative for our instructors and their time and, and the planning that they give to these yeah. courses. They're yeah. quite elaborate courses. They get so much feedback from the students. There is not that grubbing for a grade 
undergraduate in front of them. Uh-huh. Sorry, I was uh-huh. one too, so <laughs> I understand. Right, we were all there. Yeah, we were all there. Um, but we had a class once. It was early on in my career with them. I was their first employee, mm-hmm. so I've been with them 13 years. And um, it was class on physics, and it was taught by a, a, a lineup of professors from Mason. And one fellow was lecturing on astrophysics, and three astrophysicists in the classroom started peppering him with questions. <laughs> and, you know, if you're the State Department guy, <laughs> you're like, wow, that's kind of neat. I didn't know that about yeah. that fellow. Yeah. Or just, you know, the ex English professor in a class about Shakespeare saying, yeah. well, when I taught the course, I I also took your angle on this. Or It's just those sorts of experiences happen all the time with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's this research on the correlation between curiosity and longevity, curiosity and memory. Does that resonate for you? Well, personally, it does. <laughs> <laughs> no, both my mother and father uh, died of Alzheimer's and oh, wow. dementia. So, sorry, oh. Alzheimer's and dementia. So, it, it uh, to me, I'm always looking yeah. for that thread that will lead me forward. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's not uncommon. Yeah. Um, in our, I mean, I think everyone's finding there's a lot of threads that are tying them to diseases they'd rather not have. Right. And what can we right. do to avoid them? But uh, yeah, I've also read the studies, and I think that this whole business of getting people out, out of their homes, mm-hmm. mixing with their peers, learning new things, embracing that search for knowledge with other people, not staying at home playing brain games, not there is a difference, isn't a there? Complete difference. So, so what is that difference? I mean, some of it is being together with other people. But what else do you think defines that difference? You have to use so many more parts of yourself to engage with others, I think. Yeah. You're not just learning something. You're thinking about, what did that person next to me say? What does that mean in their life that I can relate? You know, you're thinking on so many levels when you're dealing with people. Yeah. When you're not locked away. I mean, I could live for a week in my house with a stack of books. I really could. Right. But... But not forever. Not forever. Yeah. No. So do you think curiosity changes as we age? Do you think it's different? One of the things I've learned from working with the members of Encore Learning is no one really thinks they're old. <laughs> I mean, we all are in our mind at some point. I really struggled with that. It was like, what's the right language here? Well, <laughs> we never use the word senior. Uh-huh. We do use the word older adult. We yeah. use a lot of experience rich. Uh-huh. Um, but this is a vibrant community. Yeah. They have all kinds of interests. Yeah. And when we're asking for volunteers to do stuff, and we have a big volunteer corps, it's like, well, I, I do wheels on meals that day, or I've, I'm running this pickleball group, or I'm, you know, I've got this or that. They, they have a million things they're doing. I'm traveling that month. We're going to Mongolia. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> wow, what a life. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's what makes them curious? What makes them want to do all this? They, they don't think of themselves as old. Yeah. yeah. And they just keep going. And so I was not familiar with the word, but do you know the, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it even, neoteny, neoteny? It's the idea that human beings are built to grow and develop their childhood traits. Neoteny? So that it's, neoteny is the process of growing younger. Well, that has frightening <laughs> <laughs> aspects to it. But. but but I think in that spirit of sort of not thinking of yourself as old or 
um, Carol Dweck's work in fixed mindset versus versus growth mindset, right? Okay. You think of yourself as I can continue learning yes. or I'm not a fixed set of skills that that can always build. That that has to be a, a feature of your members. Um, and I wonder if it's I mean, I think it must contribute in some way to some of this research about kind of longevity and that sort of actually, I'm, yes, I'm chronologically getting older, but I'm also not, my mind is not getting older. My way of thinking about the world is not getting older. I can think of two individuals right away. Um, one of them was a board member, and early on we were stuffing envelopes together. And I was just making conversation with him and said, oh, this weekend I went out to the Udvarhazi, um to go see airplanes. My husband loves airplanes. And he said, oh, my baby's out there. I said, your baby? (laughs) He said, yeah, uh, the B-29. And I was like, oh, no, 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 Bob. (laughs) You're confused. The B-29, that that was a World War II plane. He said, I know, I was a navigator on the B-29 in 1945. And I was like, you were in World War II? Oh, wow. And he said, of course I was. How old did you think I was? I said, well, I didn't. I Really? Less than that. <laughs> Less than that. I went to his 90th birthday party. He's a hoot. He's, yeah. you know, sharp as a tack. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, um, and then the other is my neighbor who, you know, hired me. Uh, he was the one that told me about this job. He had taken care of my children mm-hmm. while I was overseas. And uh, just for a week, a whole week, my first vacation since having children, and had a job for me when I got back and said, we think you should work for us. We, we need someone to get beyond the whole volunteer level of an organization. We need someone. But anyway, he's 84 now, and he, you know, his wife had passed on, and he and his college sweetheart found each other. Both their spouses had passed on, and they're like school children. Uh They're adorable together. (laughs) And it's just that whole, I mean, he's. it's like, do you even know how old you are? You know, you guys are like... They're giggling and they're having so much fun and they travel together and they go everywhere together and they have dinner parties. And it's like, I want to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a word for that, it turns out. There's a word for that. (laughs) So is there a, do you have a philosophy of kind of lifelong learning within Encore Learning or? It's to do no harm to others while exploring to the fullest degree you can. That's actually a pretty potent and important philosophy, isn't it? I mean, that's a... Creating a space for discussion and exploration of new information, intersecting with life experiences, as you've said, and to find a way to do that respectfully. Respectfully is important. Yeah. And honestly, in this demographic, it's also some new concepts for them. Mm -hmm. So we've Mm -hmm. had some feedback and um, we've made some changes saying you know, we need to be respectful of all gender mm-hmm. persuasions. Mm-hmm. And um, that's new because, uh-huh. you know, that wasn't part of the 40s, 50s, 60s. Right. Honestly, it wasn't. Right. And um, so now we are more respectful of these things. It's it's a very rare thing that uh-huh. anyone's offensive, honestly. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you can... And sometimes you can be offensive and not realize it. True. And and particularly if you are encountering new information and you're trying to process that information, being on unfamiliar ground, you know, things get wonky sometimes. You can imagine. I can imagine that that might happen. True. And, and just bringing people to awareness of these things. Um, right. We have 
that's not our mission, uh-huh. but it's certainly something we can do. Yeah, yeah. So are there favorite course offerings for you over the years? You know, they ask me all the time, why aren't you taking these classes? And it's, Well, that was going to be my next question. Is, because I'm you... working. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure you don't have you, these classes. Don't you need to sample the goods? <laughs> One time I did have to operate the slide projector. Oh, okay. Because it was so loud and stacked on so many books in the back of the room that no one could hear while uh, they were operating the slide projector. Uh, we're way beyond that. Technologically speaking, um, the classrooms were provided at George Mason University, our top of the line. That's the campus right here in Arlington. Yes, right? I mean, and a beautiful that's where facility. Over three quarters of our classes are offered yeah. there, so it's really a, a wonderful thing for us. Um, but you know, those days are gone when I have to sit there and actually do something to make the class go forward. You know, I often wonder if I, you know, when, when I will step down and what I will take when I do. Uh huh. I have so much fun setting up these courses. I don't recruit the instructors. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, by the time the information comes to me, the courses are set up, and I'm just making sure they fit into our calendar and we can so get the classrooms. So who does decide? Who, who's the brains Ooh. behind the operation? The brains behind the operation? Uh, we have an academic programs committee, so it's a group of volunteers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's a, it's a kind of user-oriented design. I mean, it's user-designed and built and... Pursuing their own curiosities, I guess. Yes, exactly. I'd love a course on X. Let's do that. Well, there's a lot of that. Can't you offer a course on Russian Uh Revolution? It's like, can you tell me someone who can teach Russian (laughs) Revolution? And actually, this coming semester, we have Connie Flippo doing Russian Revolution. So you have to find the person who can teach. So it's all about connections and just being bold Mm -hmm. and asking asking. the question. Yeah. um, But, you know, we also have all of our clubs. And our special events. So talk a little bit about those. We haven't touched on those at all. Yeah. Um, so special events is another committee, another committee mm-hmm. driven. Mm-hmm. They seek out these opportunities. We did the exhibit at the Hirshhorn that everybody and their brother the wanted to ticket. get into. Yep. Very hot ticket. And we had three groups go through. Oh, great. So if you were a member of Encore Learning and signed up for that event, you got to see it. Mm-hmm. Unlike mm-hmm. many people else. that waited in line. Yeah. So um, our events committee is amazing. They pull mm-hmm. up all kinds of wonderful things. And we do free lectures at the library. Uh-huh. And so that's another way for the public to come in and see what you have a taste of us. Right, sort of a little a one-time yeah. sample. Not yeah, well, you know, every time and... we give a, a lecture at the library, it's uh-huh. free. The public is welcome. And um, we don't advertise. Uh-huh. Everything is word, word of, mouth. of mouth. And we've grown very steadily since 2002. And we have, a, we kind of hit a nice plateau around 900 members. We wouldn't mind that uh, next 100 member level uh-huh. uh, would give us a little more financial security because we're a member supported. And so if people want to learn more about Encore Learning, where can they find you? Well, they would go to our website, which is a wealth of information. So that's uh, EncoreLearning.net. Okay. And we've just gotten into social media. So we do have a Facebook page. Oh, okay. Yes. And is that Encore Learning? It would be Encore okay. Learning. Yes. And are you on other social media as well? We have targeted Facebook because mm-hmm. it is the favorite of our demographic. Yeah. I use that word a lot, but we do study what works for us. Yep. And um, that's what works. Yeah. No, that's a great that's a great resource. So anything else you'd like to share with people? Anything else you want hmm. to say you haven't had a chance to say? Well, usually what catches people are the names of our classes. Like what? So can I read off some names Please of do. our classes? Okay. So Cinematic Exploration of Aging 
is this is a new class for us, and I'm very curious I to know. see <laughs> who he's going to show and what they're going to think. Yeah, well, and um, you can imagine the conversation will be really interesting. Right. And Scott Wood, who's the director of the Arlington Philharmonic, teaches mm-hmm. for us regularly, and he's come up with a new one, The Composer's Tools of the Trade. Oh, nice. Now, World War II, the early years, oh. our history courses are... One of our biggest draws. Yeah. But we also have the Jewish people in antiquity. Mm. So there's a little offset for you. And I mentioned the Russian Revolution earlier, but we also have the Gettysburg Campaign. Ottoman Empire's uh, breakup. That's a new one for us. So that's 1800 to 1923. So, And do you have, you've mentioned a couple of them are new. Do do some of your courses repeat? We do. Multiple times? Yes. Yes. Uh, Dr. Connolly teaches a wellness course. He goes over 21st century medicine, but he does the research every single time he teaches it. He's right, he writes books, so he's always, oh, I'm working on my new book, and I got some new material, so I'm going to add that. I'm going to add that. So we can't ever call it a entirely new course, but we can't say it's, it's a refresh. It's refreshed yeah. every time. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, um, but it, in the social sciences, we have India changing and reason, science, and natural religion. Hmm. So we're philosophy. Something for anyone's curiosity. It really? Like. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, our, our big hitters are the law, politics, and public affairs. Mm. So mm-hmm. this semester, we have a new class, and it's on American diplomacy. And we're drawing for from foreign service officers mm-hmm. and ambassadors to teach this course. Wow. And we really think it's going to be a blockbuster. Yeah. Global Hotspots, which uh-huh. is our perennial favorite. Yeah. Um, we're expecting American diplomacy to reach that as well if we can get the classroom size. Uh-huh. Space is our biggest concern. It sounds to me as if this is absolutely a way to choose to be curious as we mature. All right. Agreed. Um what would your advice be to people as we mature about choosing to be curious? I'd say take that first step. Mm-hmm. Um, I said something to you today. I said, I came in on the sprint. It's brand new. Right. You know, and I just read about it yesterday and I'd seen them going around Clarendon. I thought, what are those cars? I thought, I'll take it today. Let's explore this. Just take that first step. Mm-hmm. What's, mm-hmm. Go- what's the worst that can happen, right? That's a great attitude. So, all right, we're going to take a first step into my big jar of one oh. of the analogies. <laughs> Are you I'm ready? I'm so scared. No, don't be scared. Okay, all right. reach in, take out a slip. I'm okay. going to take out one for myself and one for our audience. And uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? I want to go first. Oh, good. Now, how right. appropriate is this? So, you know, I heard you first speak on the cat and curiosity. Yep, yep. And... One of the reasons I was really drawn to it is it had the word cat in it uh-huh. because I have a cat and I got catnip. Really? I did. Awesome. Now, catnip. How is that curiosity? I can only think of the cat. Uh-huh. The cat wanting that catnip, wondering, mm. where is it? I, I have a scent of it. Is it this way? Is it that way? Toying around the room, trying to find that catnip. I have a scent of it. I'm uh, following it. Nice. I think that way when I'm looking for something out there, that theme, that story, that encounter. It's like I have a whiff of something here. I mm-hmm. want to follow it. That's great. I love that. Thank you. All right. Mine is wallet. Um, how is curiosity like a wallet? Um, I think curiosity is like, well, it's like money in the bank, and a wallet is a place where your money's not in the bank, but it's in your possession, and it's currency. It 
it's a way of carrying currency that you can use to sort of take you places and yields experiences um, in the way that curiosity does. So I think that's how curiosity is like a wallet. And let's see, um, audience, yours is a rug. How is curiosity like a rug? I don't know. Let us know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. So Marjorie, thank you. Oh, this Lynn, this lovely. was fun. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. Uh, you're listening to WERA LP 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up on the show or any of our other programs, check us out online, on demand at WERA.FM. And if you prefer your listening via podcast, I'm excited to announce that Choose to be Curious is now on iTunes, along with Mixcloud and SoundCloud. So you can subscribe. You don't have to miss an episode, but don't stop listening to hear Radio Arlington, okay? Don't forget to send us your rug analogy, hashtag analogy. And as always, lots of fascinating research on why you should choose to be curious so you'll live long and prosper, all on my Facebook page. Choose to be curious and follow me on Twitter at choose letter number two, letter B, curious, for a steady stream of curious tidbits. And in that spirit of research, in researching for this episode, I found that the Learning Lab at Columbia University is conducting a new study on aging, curiosity, and learning. They're looking for people between the ages of 50 and 80 to take part in a two-hour research study. Participants will be paid $24 to complete a series of simple computer tasks related to curiosity, learning, and decision-making. Study takes place at their labs at the Jerome Green Science Center uh, in New York. So to learn more and to find out if you're eligible, please contact them at curiositytrials at psych.columbia.edu. I send an email, uh, but I haven't heard anything back yet. Um, and if you get involved, keep me posted. I'm very interested in what they come up with. I hope you'll join us again next time. And until then, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.